from the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, a great joy to be here with you as we are able to come together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. and then repeat at 10 p.m. each of those days for this program. Then, of course, Friday when Cheryl joins me for two hours of Friday Live, as we'll do uh, this coming Friday. Of course, here we are, April 1st. Um... Beautiful day out today, a little chilly. I was just standing outside trying to get some fresh air, <laughs> and uh, the sun went behind the clouds. I got a little disappointed, but it didn't get a little cooler, so I came back in. But um, anyway, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're getting outside and, and just enjoying the fresh air and, and you know just bearing with the situation. It's all in the Lord's hands. That's the key. We can hear all the stats and see all the numbers and listen to all the models and all the graphs and charts and everything. But Jesus is in charge. That's the thing to remember. And as people of faith, as disciples of Christ, we have nothing to fear. Uh, as we've been saying, you know, pray, not panic, faith, not fear. That's all we need to do here. And uh, he'll see us through in whatever way, you know, whatever way. I'm going to go to the diary of St. Faustina later on. <laughs> I, just, I was praying and I'm thinking, okay, where should, what should we do today? Of course, the Holy Father gave a general audience to about two people <laughs> in, in uh at the Vatican, and I want to share those words with you. And then I just thought, you know, let's go to the the diary of, of Faustina because you hear all these things, people's theories, people waiting for the boom to be lowered. Uh, people are, I know, people are getting uh, cabin fever. You know, we're just feeling, starting to feel a little bit uh, closed in. Uh, and I guess because we have no end in sight, we're giving dates, you know, proposed dates of the end to, to all of this. We see the stock market and the economy having such uh, grave issues and um, people out of work. And we're just a month ago, we were <laughs> we were riding high, right? Um, but anyway, so I'm, I'm happy you're here and I'm happy you are making this apostolate part of your day. You know, we got to get away from the television sets. We have to stop watching so much news, social media, yeah, get your information. I always say, I said it last week, you know, in the morning, you get up, throw the TV on, get the latest news, and then shut it down <laughs> and spend your, your time, the time that God gives us here. No matter what's going on outside our four walls, because we're locked in our homes, most of us, uh, God's giving us time to kind of reevaluate priorities, isn't he, and reevaluate things that we should be doing and, and things we shouldn't be doing anymore. So we'll talk more about that. Let's, let's pray first. As always, my friends, uh, I invite you to uh, join me in prayer. And um, we're going to pray the prayer that Holy Father composed uh, to our Blessed Mother uh, to fight the coronavirus. We'll pray our prayer to St. Michael, the Subtum Presidium prayer, praying for all of your intentions. And, you know, we are hearing the numbers. We are hearing the, the numbers of death that, deaths that are increasing as a result of uh, coronavirus. And I'm not diminishing that. They say it's very contagious and it can be very deadly to certain people who are in those um, vulnerable uh, 
situations, you know, and conditions. Um, and I don't remember this, but 2009, 2010, during the swine flu pandemic, I don't even remember going through that, but we did apparently. Um, there were more than, uh, I think, over, over 12,500 deaths in this country alone as a result of that pandemic. So I'm not quite sure how to balance this out. Any single death is, is uh, at the hands of something like this can be tragic. We place that soul and those souls in the hands of the Lord. But trying to put things in perspective, I, I don't know. I'm not diminishing the seriousness of our current situation. Um, but I, I, I sometimes watch the news and I think, wait a minute. What are you trying to do? What are you? I don't know. Anyway, let's let's just pray and 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 again pray this prayer, Holy Father, composed. And we begin, my friends, praying for all of your intentions and the intentions of of the of the world, and for all, especially those souls who have perished and have suffered loss uh, during this uh, situation. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. Deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And as Holy Father asked us to pray every day, the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and the ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer, praying to protect the church against and from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, as always, I thank you for praying. And, you know, I was talking with Bruce uh, DeBacco uh, a couple days ago. And this coming Monday, which would be April 6th, 6th, 5th or 6th, um, would be the first Monday. But we decided to just leave the uh, prayer on that we have now, that being the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. There's a nice reflection on the daily readings by Sister Ann Shields, and then we pray the rosary. To leave that on during the course of uh, the situation, um, because we need to pray those powerful prayers, those powerful prayers at the three o'clock hour, the hour of mercy. And 
you know, we provide that to you, and um, we want to keep doing that. We just felt just that was the right thing to do. So Bruce will be back, God willing, when everything gets back to normal. You know, today, well, it's a sad day for us here because today, April 1st, tomorrow, the 2nd, Friday the 3rd, these were supposed to be our spring Radiothon days. And, you know, we, we always enjoy the Radiothon. We're always overwhelmed by the generosity of our family of listeners and viewers. Uh, but we always have a lot of fun. There's always so much activity here in the building. and We have people volunteering and uh, f- food being delivered and talking with you and hearing great stories of, of conversion uh, because of what God has done through this, this apostolate. And obviously we postponed it. So it's a sad day. I was, we always look forward to it, and, and today being April 1st, you know, we decided on this date, on the last day of last year's Radiothon, we look ahead and see, okay, when is Holy Week? Let's, as, if we can, have the Radiothon uh, the week before Holy Week. It's always a great time, still a, a time of a prayer, fasting, almsgiving, leading up to the, to, the, to the Holy Week and the Easter Triduum and the glory of Easter. We don't know when we're going to have it, but I, I, I will tell you, my brothers and sisters, we do count on the Radiothon as our major source of funding every year. And this time of year, we, we have it because kind of work our, muddle our way through the first three months of the year and get down pretty much to uh, the bare minimum, and then the Radiothon lifts us up into the fall. Well, we're not doing that right now. We've, we're not canceling it. We've only postponed it, hopefully to maybe mid-May, uh, certainly before the summer, we pray. So I'm just asking you, please, if you are in the position, and I know some people have lost their jobs, and I know that there's a lot of financial difficulty and fears and things and apprehensions, but if you can, if you're in the position, my brothers and sisters, please help us. It, it does cost us about $25,000 a month to operate uh, all of our um, stations and all that goes with it. Um, you can make an easy online donation uh, by going to our website and click Donate Now. Uh, and if you could, um, also select to cover the credit card fee, which is like 2 point something percent. Um, that would be helpful as well, But if you can. And I know there are people right now who have to, you know, have to be very cautious about how you uh, distribute your money. <laughs> so I understand that. But there are some people who, who are certainly able to do this. I'm just putting the word out there to kind of help us make up for what we uh, ho- would have hopefully been receiving during these three days and are, are not now going to be receiving that uh, indefinitely, at least until we find out when the situation uh, gets back to a sense of normalcy. So please pray about that and uh, help us in any way you can because we are, we are going to feel the pinch, as you are, but I know there are still some people who can. And, you know, God, no matter what the economic situation is in the world or in the country— God will always reward a generous heart. He cannot be outdone in generosity. So trust in him. Trust in the Lord and uh, help us out. The other thing I want to bring to your attention, we, we, I mentioned this yesterday. I'm getting excited about it now because I think it's, a, it's something that the Holy Spirit placed in our hearts. As you know, next week is Holy Week, and we're going to start bringing you uh, special programming, special liturgies. Uh, I got the bishop's schedule. Hopefully we'll be able to bring you the bishop, uh, Bishop O'Connell's um, liturgies throughout the Triduum, and um, Easter Sunday, EWTN, uh, Rome with the Holy Father. Uh, but then what I want to do, this is what I want to do, Easter Sunday, we'll have the Urbi at Orbi message from Pope Francis, we'll have the broadcast from Rome, we'll have the broadcast from EWTN, the beautiful Easter liturgies. 
But then at uh, 1 o'clock on Easter Sunday in the afternoon and for the rest of the day, uh, Cheryl and I, we want to just keep playing Easter music and, and songs of, of, of glory and resurrection and praise throughout Easter Sunday. You know, all of us are going to be locked up in our houses. <laughs> you know, Cheryl and I were saying, because of the, the uh, self-isolation, it's just the two of us for Easter dinner. Um, and I'm sure many people are like that, with you, with your either your spouse or your, your spouse and your, your children. But we're all kind of boxed in, right, on Easter Sundays. Now, it's going to be the probably the most unusual Easter Sunday we will have ever spent and probably will ever spend in our lives because we're all so used to going to Mass and, and celebrating the Triduum, leading up to Easter, getting together with family, and that's not going to happen this year. Uh, so we're all in a very unique situation, but we don't want that to be dragging hearts down. We're, we are still called to rejoice uh, on Easter Sunday at the glory of the risen Lord. And so what we are going to do here at Domestic Church Media, and it'll be available on all of our audio platforms, our radio stations, our streaming audio, our mobile app. If you don't have that downloaded, it's free. You can play our audio there. Uh, the Amazon Alexa and the Google Home devices uh, beyond there. Starting at 1 o'clock on Easter Sunday, we just want to keep playing glory music, uh, celebrating the resurrection of the Lord, so that in your home, uh, in the background, you know, just have it on. Just have it on. Or, or you know, connect a, a speaker and put it out on your porch and blast it. Fill the airwaves with the glory of Easter. That's what we want to do, is fill the airwaves in your hearts and your homes with the glory of Easter through this beautiful music. So uh, Cheryl's begun now to put together a... Um, music loop, just filling it up with all, and both classical and contemporary. We're not going to limit it to any one type of, of music because we want to appeal to everybody. If, if, if it's, you know, if you're into to the classics and you hear contemporary, don't turn it off. Just leave, we're going we're gonna to alternate, go back and forth. Just celebrate the risen Lord. But here's what we want you to do. Can you email Cheryl with suggestions? What are some of your favorite uh, Alleluia hymns, Christian hymns, praise and worship, whatever it is that celebrates the Lord Jesus. If you have just the name, the title, you can do that. If you have the title and the artist, do that. Trust me, over the next you know week and a half, we're going to put together a loop of, of Easter music that's going to keep playing all throughout Easter Sunday. That's what we're going to do. Just like we do at Christmas time, but this is now Easter celebrating. It's harder to find Easter music than, than it is Christmas music. You can find you know hours and hours of, but just music that celebrates and sings of the glory of Christ to lift our spirits. Music always does that, and so we're asking you to just kind of you know what are some of your favorite hymns and artists, and email Cheryl with that information, and we'll get it. We'll if we can find it, we'll put it on. And beginning 1 o'clock on Easter Sunday, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Easter Sunday, and for the rest of the day, we're going to be your background. We'll put music on for you that celebrates Jesus, where you can, you know, have your, your Easter dinner with your loved ones or your loved one. If you're like us, you have one person to share with. But put it on in the background and let the joy of the music of, this, of Easter Sunday fill your home, fill your hearts. And as I said, if you have outside speakers, put it outside, blast it outside. Get that, get that music of, of the season just filling the hearts of your neighbors and tell people, okay, on every one of our radio stations, our streaming audio, our mobile app, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, streaming there, 
We're going to be doing Easter music, Christian music, praise and worship that sings of the glory of the risen Lord uh, all day Easter Sunday. But we're asking for your input as well. So email Cheryl. It's very simple. Her email address is Cheryl at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, at domesticchurchmedia.org. And get the word out. And send her whatever hymns that you are, you know, you like, you want to hear, send it to her. And we'll put together this loop of, of Easter music that will keep, keep playing uh, throughout Easter Sunday. I think it's a, a great way to lift the hearts in, the, in these very dark times. But it doesn't stop the fact that Jesus is risen. Easter, he we're still in Lent. That we'll, we'll, we'll proclaim that, hallelujah, we'll, we'll proclaim the risen Lord through, through song. And uh, we're asking for input. So just email Cheryl, Cheryl at domesticchurchmedia.org with your favorite Easter, hallelujahs, Christian hymns, praise and worship. And we'll just create a whole... Uh, big loop, long loop that'll play all of Easter, and uh, we'll look forward to that. Okay, let's. So it's Cheryl, C H E R Y L at domesticchurchmedia.org. Uh, let's do this. Let's go to Holy Father's general audience this morning uh, over in Rome. As I said, he probably uh, gave this uh, message to I think two or three people there. <laughs> the, the square is empty, as you know. Um, but again, in these dark times, you know, these dark times that we find ourselves in, and they are dark times. We've never experienced anything like this, have we? And as I said, this, this coming Holy Week, the Triduum, Easter, will be like no other Holy Week, Triduum, or Easter that we ever have experienced before or probably ever will again, God willing, where it's just not going to be the same. It's going to be different. Now, is this a chastisement? Is it a... Is it a, is it a, has God allowed it to, to, to lead us back to him? I don't know. Nobody, who can, who can say? But Holy Father today said it's the Holy Spirit who leads us away from our sins and towards purity of heart. Now, he's continuing his teaching, I believe, on the Beatitudes. And, of course, his, all of his masses and the, the general audience are live streamed now. Um, but he said this morning that the purification of our hearts must begin by recognizing the evil that lies within us and renouncing it. Pope Francis said, This is a decisive maturity. When we realize that our worst enemy is often hidden in our heart, the noblest battle is against the inner deceptions that generate our sins. And, you know, I was thinking about this, and I'm sure you have as well, because for as as much as we see the politicians talking, and we're talking about local politicians, the governors, like the governor here of New Jersey, the governor of New York, who talk about the importance of protecting every single human life. It's so important, and it is. But the irony of all of this is that they, they allow abortions to continue, and even to the point of where you can't have elective surgeries but they don't consider abortion an elective surgery, and, and they allow that to happen, the poor unborn children who are still perishing through this heinous act. What The irony of that, and we see all the, the death around us as a result of, and the numbers of deaths that are constantly increasing, we see them on the TV and people talking about them, and yes, every death is a tragedy. But to, to, to close a blind's eye to 
the numbers of babies who every day are dying as a result of abortion and being permitted by and promoted by uh, these governors. It's horrible. But this is the result of sin, obviously. The hardness of hearts. And Holy Father, again today, um, continuing his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, focused on the sixth beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pope Francis said this morning, the pure of heart live in the presence of the Lord, preserving in the heart what is worthy of the relationship with him. Only in this way does it possess an intimate, unified life, linear, not torturous, but simple. And maybe this is an opportunity, my friends, in the situation we find ourselves in. You know, this morning again, Cheryl and I were having breakfast and the sun was shining bright. There wasn't a cloud, wasn't a cloud in the sky this morning. And I was getting some work done, getting some e-blasts out about things. And Cheryl was uh, having her breakfast and we were having our coffee and, and we're talking. And, you know, the, whereas in, in, in days past, there was more of a hurry Get out of the house, get to work, get this done, do this, do that, get in the car, got to do this, got to do And we can't do that anymore, nor can most of you or all of you. So we look at where God has placed us right now. And yes, we can look at all the, the darkness around us. We can look at all of the tragedy around us, and there is tragedy out there. But we can also see that God is allowing some some very beautiful fruit to be born from this situation where families are coming together people are praying more I read that last night that they're saying people are praying more and what a great great thing that is and maybe people are beginning to realize that the purity of their hearts in this life is integral to their journey toward the father's house the pure, heart, pure of heart live in the presence of the Lord, Pope Francis said, preserving in the heart what is worthy of the relationship with him. And maybe we're beginning to realize, and I'm praying we do, I'm praying that all of the, so many of those souls who have been away, especially in our own church, who have been away from the church, are realizing there is an enormous and a great imperative dependence on God that we must have. We can't trust in men. We can only trust in the Lord. And a purified heart, perhaps, makes us realize that. The Holy Father said the purified heart is thus the result of a process that implies liberation and renunciation. The pure of heart is not born such as, I'm sorry, not born such, he has experienced the inner simplification, learning to deny evil within himself, something which in the Bible is called circumcision of the heart. Maybe people are having, you know, we, we run that spot uh, by Mother Angelica, Victor Grand, just before the program came on, where she was talking about an, a, an interior vision of our souls, that an enlightenment, perhaps, that we see ourselves as God sees us. And maybe in these days of of that I guess because it's become so surreal. You know, I saw last night 
one of the channels was having a Twilight Zone marathon. <laughs> I thought, do we really? I love the Twilight Zone, but I thought, do we really need that? We're living an episode right now, and we have been. But this enlightenment of, of our, our souls, as see our souls as God sees our souls. Maybe people in their, in their confinement are beginning to realize that we have to look inward at who we are, how we have and are living our lives. And this inner purification, perhaps, that will be a result of that, recognizing, as the Holy Father said, that part of the heart which is under the influence of evil in order to learn the art of always allowing oneself to be taught and led by the Holy Spirit. And so through this path of heart, we come to see God. Now, wouldn't it be beautiful if we're seeing and we're reading uh, studies and surveys that are being done that more people are praying now than they were a month, two months, three months ago? That's a good thing. And if it's a fruit of the current situation, God will always bring about a greater good through these evil things that happen. God has allowed this virus. He didn't... uh, you know, do it with it didn't happen without his permission. <laughs> God has to permit it. And people may say, well, why would God allow it? Well, to bring about a greater good. And so if people are praying more, if, if families are, are, are socializing more, if, you know, I'm reading, uh, and of course our children are all grown up and out of the house, but um, the parents who have children of school age, and now that the schools are closing, I guess, I, I guess most of the schools are saying they're not even, even going to open this year. <laughs> The parents are pretty much homeschooling their kids. Well, hey, what's wrong with that? If it's done properly and correctly. I thought it would be neat, you know, because I saw one little uh, social media thing that said, you know, parents, while you're homeschooling your kids, have them say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Wouldn't that be great? These little things you teach them, and they go back to school eventually and say, well, why aren't we doing the pledge? Why aren't we saying a prayer? <laughs> I did when I, when I was homeschooled. It could change things. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of resistance to the good that comes from this situation, too. You know, because the good that comes from the situation is of God, and there is an enormous resistance in, in this world to God. The Holy Father said, "When we see God, we recognize God's presence in the Church's sacraments and in our fellow human beings, especially the needy." In this beatific vision, there is a future dimension, eschatological, as in all the Beatitudes. It is the joy of the kingdom of heaven towards which we are going. And, and that, my friends, you know, we, we can't pretend. I, had a, I was telling Charlotte, I had, I had a weird experience last night. It was around, oh, probably around 2.30 in the morning. I woke up, and I was laying there, and my eyes opened, and I was laying toward facing the wall in our house, in our bedroom there. And I saw this in, at least I think I saw, this figure hastening away, had kind of walked past my bed and then went through the wall. I just saw him, and I think it was a man, from the back. I had this very strange feeling like he knew I was waking up, so I had to get out of there. And he went, went through the wall. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it was a dream. 
but it was very real to me. And I woke up and I'm thinking, oh, what is this about? Not quite sure. I don't, I don't believe in ghosts, certainly, but I, I do believe in, in, in the spiritual realm. You know, we're all headed for a life beyond this life. And Holy Father said that this in this we we're seeing God in this life is we recognize God's presence in our our sacraments and in each other. And it's uh, the the future dimension of this beatific vision is, as the Holy Father said, eschatological. It's the joy of the kingdom of heaven towards which we are all going. We're all headed in that direction. And then he said, but there is also the other dimension. To see God means to understand the plans of providence in what happens to us, to recognize his presence in the sacraments in our brothers and sisters, especially the poor and suffering, and to recognize him where he manifests himself. And this, uh, he said, if we have listened to the thirst for the good that dwells in us, and are aware that we live in mercy, a journey of liberation begins, which lasts a lifetime and leads us to heaven. Now, I think this, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, is has been from the beginning, certainly a pope who preaches regularly mercy. And maybe, you know, we don't know where we are in salvation history as far as the second coming. We don't know. The Lord may be not come for another... 5,000 years, but he could come tonight, for all we know. And I'm going to go to the uh, diary of St. Faustina, because I do want to um, talk about the mercy of God. Because a lot of people fear, and we shouldn't be fearing, but we all know we're all eventually going to have to leave this planet, this world, and enter into the next through uh, the judgment seat. So we'll talk more about the mercy of God from St. Faustina in a bit. I'll take a quick break. When I come back, we'll go into the Diary of St. Faustina. Don't go away. More to come. What's your name? My name is Becky. I'm from Wisconsin. I was away from the church for over 20 years, ah. and through the grace of God, have come back now. Thank you, Jesus, welcome home. Hello. Hello. Where are you from? Florida. Good. And what's your question? Well, I have this wonderful gift that God gave me, and that's my sister. Mornings with Mother Angelica. There's none better. Weekdays at 10, right here, where you are, family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, 
and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. We need to pray for the gift of knowledge, not just knowledge of our faults, but knowledge of God. Do you know God? Or is he just somebody that you go to when you're in trouble? And this gift of knowledge is a certain amount of <coughs> detachment. Oh, we don't want to hear about that, do you? We, we're attached to everything, little things, silly things, chairs. Don't sit in my chair. Why? Because it just fits me. <laughs> it doesn't fit you. You're too fat. <laughs> well, if you ever said that to somebody, you're attached to what? A chair. You can be attached to God, and you can love everybody. You can love your children and love your parents and love even your enemies. But attachments take the soul out of your heart. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. From Falsington to Fort Monmouth. Point Pleasant to Pennington. Seagirt to Spotswood. From Yardley to Yardville. Silverdale to Seagirt. Southampton to Seaside Heights. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Well, welcome back, my friends. In just a moment, we're going to go to the diary of St. Faustina. I thought it would be a nice thing to go to and just hear about the mercy of God. Well, let's not forget about that, right? We hear about all this other negative stuff. Nothing more positive than the mercy of the Almighty. <laughs> that will allow us to enter in uh, to the kingdom of heaven. That's what it's all about. So we'll get to that in a moment. Again, I just want to remind you that, um, of course, this coming Sunday is Palm Sunday already. And, uh, you know, we don't live in a place where palm trees grow, so we have to make do. I did, I did, although we have little, we have fake palms around here. Maybe we'll put them around, but uh, I did hear someone, a couple of things people are saying, put any kind of, whether it be a, a branches, some kind of greenery on your door, your outside door on Palm Sunday. Uh, people are saying to put up your Christmas lights during this time to kind of brighten the spirits. Um, I would say, yeah, well, I had a good idea, but 
don't light them till Easter. You know, <laughs> um, people are looking for ways to lift their spirits, lift their hearts. And one thing we're going to do here throughout next week, of course, the Triduum, uh, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Vigil, uh, we'll have special liturgies and, and, and uh, uh, masses and things, uh, Easter Sunday as well. Um, but starting at 1 o'clock on Easter Sunday, we're going to start playing continuous Easter music. Hallelujahs, all kinds of great hymns and, and both classical and contemporary uh, celebrating the risen Lord. And make that the background of your Easter celebration. You know, just put it on the background. Most people will have quiet Easter's this year because of, you know, limited. You can't visit. You can't go anywhere. So people will spend, and I think, sadly, I think I look at the, the advanced forecast anyway. It's calling for rain that day. So you probably won't even be able to get outside. Uh, but we'll, we're going to play music um, throughout the day starting at 1 o'clock. And Cheryl's looking for suggestions. So if you have any idea of music you'd like to hear on Easter Sunday during her Easter playlist, um, email her with your song titles, uh, hymn titles, and or artists, uh, Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, at DomesticChurchMedia.org. That's Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, at DomesticChurchMedia.org, and let her know what you'd like to hear Easter Sunday played. And we're going to put together a nice, big, long playlist and just keep it playing all day long. In the Diary of St. Faustina, and of course, this is private revelation approved by the Church as worthy of belief. Um, and I was just kind of going through before the program, kind of flipping through, saying, "What's, where should we go, Lord? And he led me to um, number 378 in the diary. And Faustina wrote this. That God is infinitely merciful, no one can deny. He desires everyone to know this before he comes again as judge. Now, we know the Lord is going to come as judge, but he told Faustina through this interior vision that God desires everyone to know. Now, here I am talking to, I don't know how many I pray thousands, even millions of people. You don't even know who's listening and watching. We're on YouTube, Facebook, all of our streaming audios and things. I'm talking to you right now, and this is from the Diary of St. Faustina. God wants everyone to know that he is infinitely merciful. He wants souls to come to him first as king of mercy, when this triumph comes, we shall already have entered the new life in which there is no suffering. But before this, your soul will be surfeited with bitterness at the sight of the destruction of your efforts. She was talking to her spiritual director. However, this will only appear to be so because what God has once decided upon, he does not change. But although this destruction will be such only in outward appearance, the suffering will be real. When will this happen? I do not know. How long will it last? I do not know. 
but God has promised a great grace. And then she quotes from, from our Lord. These are our Lord's words. A great grace to all those who will proclaim my great mercy. I shall protect them myself at the hour of death as my own glory. And even if the sins of souls were so dark as night, when the sinner turns to my mercy, he gives me the greatest praise and is the glory of my passion. When a soul extols my goodness, Satan trembles before it and flees to the very bottom of hell. This is what St. Faustina said Jesus said to her. I know a lot of people right now, especially as we get closer to Easter, we're beginning to really, I'm sure everybody is, is hungering for the Eucharist, number one. I'm sure for most of you, it's been a long time since you have gone perhaps two Sundays in a row without receiving Holy Communion. And for some of you, I'm sure it's been a long time since you have not received daily. We're hungering for that body of Christ. And also, we start to feel and understand the great need we have for confession. You know, whether it was mother or somebody describing one time confession, imagine, said, imagine never taking a bath. Little by little, the dirtier you become. And by our sins, little by little, the, you know, our souls become darkened with sin. We need that great gift of uh, sacrament of confession. Now, also remember that it's only sacramental confession that can, uh, where a soul, can, a person can be absolved of, of mortal sin. But as far as venial sins go, we can make good active contrition and, and do good works, and, and that we can, we can rid ourselves of the venial sins. People are hungering for the sacraments. But in this time where we don't have confession available to us, and we don't have communion available to us, we have no confession available to us, we have to remember uh, that God is our king of mercy. And this is what Jesus told Faustina again. He promised a great grace, especially to all those who will proclaim my great mercy. Jesus told her, I shall protect them myself at the hour of death as my own glory. And then listen to this. We think about all the sins that maybe we ourselves committed, and sometimes some bad sins. But we see others that we read about who have committed heinous, horrible sins, dark sins. Jesus even says, even if the sins of souls were so dark as night, Imagine those sins that you and I, because of our, 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 weak, our, our human weakness, would, can't even imagine a person being forgiven of those sins. That's how dark they were. But Jesus said, even if the sins of souls 
were as dark as night. When the sinner turns to my mercy, he gives me the greatest praise and is the glory of my passion. This beautiful season, my friends, that we're in, a season of turning back to God. Now, you and I, yes, we are sinful people, but I, I don't think I'm talking to anybody right now who has committed a murder. I don't think I'm talking to people who have committed those, those types of, of, of heinous and horrible mortal sins. Yes, we sin, and we maybe even have committed some mortal sins. And they're not good, obviously. <laughs> and they're dark. Well, Jesus reminds us that if we turn to him and turn to his mercy, that we, he said, we give him the greatest praise and are the glory of his passion. When a soul extols my goodness, Satan trembles before it and flees to the very bottom of hell. These are the words of Jesus. So when we extol the goodness of Jesus and his mercy, Jesus tells us that Satan trembles, trembles, and flees to the very bottom pits of hell. Do you know what kind of enormous power then we have over Satan in Jesus and through Jesus and proclaiming his mercy, proclaiming his goodness? And the Lord promised that if we proclaim his great mercy, he's going to protect us at the hour of death. You know, I've, I've read, I'm sure many of you have read, uh, by some of the great spiritual writers and, and theologians and things down through the ages, that when a person is on his or her deathbed, that especially a person who is bound for heaven, <laughs> or at least purgatory, that he will come and try to tempt that person into despair. Because Satan doesn't want any soul to spend an eternal life with God. He wants to drag every single soul into the pits of hell with him. Now, you'll have a lot of, oh, well-educated and, and advanced and, and um, sophisticated thinkers these days, uh, third millennials, who, b who believe that, that that's all hogwash and that's all, you know, archaic, ancient fantasy. But we know that Satan is very real. We know that he's a very real being, he's a fallen angel, that hell is a very real state of being, and people may go there. Now, people don't want to hear about it these days. Maybe that's why so many people today are so fearful of the current situation. Maybe they're not right with God. Maybe they, they deep down, understand and believe that I, I don't want to die and go face God. Right now, I'm not ready. I guess very few of us can say that, right? That we're ready. But Jesus tells us to turn to him as the king of mercy. And when we do this, even if the sin is the darkest 
dark as night, he said. If we turn to his mercy, we give the greatest praise. And then Faustina writes in 379, during one of the uh, adorations, Jesus promised me that, again, these are his words, with souls that have recourse to my mercy and with those that glorify and proclaim my great mercy to others, I will deal according to my infinite mercy at the hour of their death. And one of the things people are doing, um, and we've done it, Cheryl has, I saw it out on the door, uh, front door, people are putting the image of divine mercy on their doors to be seen from the outside. Almost as if people put the blood of the lamb on their doors during Passover. We're putting the image of divine mercy out there on, their, on your doors so you know people can see it. And Jesus tells us that when we have recourse to his mercy and those that glorify and proclaim his great mercy to others, which is what you do when you put that image there. Maybe people have questions about it or you invite people to pray the chaplet of mercy or you encourage people to go to confession to receive the, the great gift of mercy from, from the Lord in the sacrament. He said, I will deal according to my infinite mercy at the hour of their death. Because we're all going to face that hour. You know, in one of my uh, talks I talk about the the, uh, the Hail Mary. We've been praying that prayer since we were very, very little, most of us. And at the end of the Hail Mary, we pray to the Blessed Mother, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. So we ask Blessed Mother, pray for us now, which covers the present moment, and please pray for us at the hour of our death. And, you know, as, as young children, little kids, you know, that, that moment is, is now and the hour of our death are separated by uh, decades. But the older we get, our now and our hour of death get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer until one day they will be one and the same. Our now will be the hour of our death. And to have our Blessed Mother praying for us throughout life as we lead up to that moment is a beautiful thing. And we have to trust in the mercy of God as we live this life and as we get closer and closer to that hour of death to be dependent upon his mercy. That's all we have. We've lived a life of a fall, in a fallen nature and we have sinned against God and against each other. But Jesus tells us that if we glorify and proclaim his great mercy to others, he will deal with us at the hour of death according to his infinite mercy. He said, my heart is sorrowful because even chosen souls do not understand the greatness of my mercy. Their relationship with me is, in certain ways, imbued with mistrust. Oh, how much that wounds my heart. Remember my passion, and if you do not believe my words, at least believe my wounds, Jesus said. And we're coming up on Holy Week next week. You know, one of the things I highly advise now into Holy Week is get one of those movies about the life of Jesus out of storage if you have them. If not, and you have Netflix or I know we have um, 
um, Prime video. And on Prime video, Jesus of Nazareth is there, that beautiful Franco Zeffirelli uh, film that was uh, made back in 1977. So, my goodness, 43, 43 years ago. But it was a TV movie. It was on television. It was on ABC with two, two, two consecutive uh, Sundays they had it on. And it's a beautiful depiction of our Lord's life. And there, obviously, there are some liberties taken with you know dialogue and things because they have to you know create dialogue and scenarios and things. But it's very, very faithful to the Gospels. And the man who plays Jesus looks just like Jesus as we most of us know him to look. You know, from Holy Cards. In fact, every shot in that film practically it looks like a Holy Card. Watch it. You know, get away from the news. Watch that or take out The Passion of the Christ by uh, Mel Gibson or find it somewhere on one of those uh, services. And there are many, many beautiful films. There's one on uh, Peter and Paul, which picks up from where uh, the uh, Jesus of Nazareth left off, where Peter and Paul and then gets into the Acts of the Apostles. You know, get away from the, the darkness of the world and, and, and enter into the light of Christ through any way you can. I found on my, my bookshelf in the back, I'm going to bring it home and start reading it, uh, the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis. There's some enormous insight in there. I was reading some of the first few pages. But we have to trust in the mercy of God. And Jesus, and this is what made me think of watching those movies, The Passion of the Christ or Jesus of Nazareth or The Greatest Story Ever Told. Jesus said, how much it wounds his heart if we don't understand the greatness of his mercy, it's almost like mistrusting him. And he said, if you don't believe my words, at least believe my wounds. When you watch a, a film like The Passion of the Christ, I mean, it's hard to watch, isn't it? And remember when that first came out in the theaters, I believe it was 2002, and I went to the movie theater to go see it. And I remember walking out of the movie theater, and there was dead silence. And during Our Lord's Passion, which is the majority of the film, you could hear people sniffling, and they were weeping, and young people. And people walked out of that theater in, 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 in just silence. And you... you if you watch that film or any film that depicts our Lord's passion, think of these words from Jesus. My heart is sorrowful because even chosen souls do not understand the greatness of my mercy. Their relationship with me is in certain ways imbued with mistrust. Oh, how much that wounds my heart. And as you watch the passion or read The Passion this Sunday at Mass. Well, we'll you'll be there, but you can watch it or listen here. We'll have it on, too. Jesus says, remember my passion. And if you do not believe my words, at least believe my wounds. Everybody, I'm sure, has a crucifix in your house. And every crucifix that we have is a very sterile depiction of what our Lord endured. I remember uh, uh, Father Pablo Straub, many of you remember him from EWTN. 
He since has passed away, God rest his soul. But he used to come out and do speaking engagements, and he always brought this cross with him. And it was a cross that depicted Christ mutilated, basically, the way we see uh, Jesus depicted in, in the Passion of the Christ, same way. You can barely recognize the individual on the cross as a human being. But that's, that's reality. The crucifixes we have in our house, where there's a little drop of blood coming out of one hand and a little drop of blood out of the other hand, and a few drops out of his side and a few coming down from his forehead and a few at his feet, that's not very real. Our Lord was, was scourged to death with those horrible, horrible lashings and beaten and spit at his hair and beard, plucked out of his face and his head. A horrible mutilation that he endured. Well, he says it to Faustina that remember that passion. And if you don't remember, don't believe my words, at least believe my wounds. Now's the time, my friends, as we enter into this uh, beautiful end of Lent, into the Holy Week and the Triduum, in our own passion here that we're suffering through this current situation. Unite that with Jesus. Unite our sufferings that we experience right now with the Lord. And we will see a beautiful, beautiful resurrection on that Easter Sunday. Okay, I got to go. Time's up. Be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.